the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of KDOW or its management owners or advertisers and should not be construed as legal tax or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision. Insightful. Informative. Irreverent. We're ready. 1220 KDOW presents Rob Black and Your Money. Your source for breaking news, market updates, and successful investment strategies for the 21st century. Sounds like a great program. Getting you to retirement in today's market. So let's get on with the show. Taxes, family finance, insurance, the economy, technology, media, and entertainment. Rob is talking about it with you at 800-516-1220. So call in. We'll chat and uh, have some fun. Now to start your day with the latest news and market commentary. Here's Rob Black on the Bay Area's business leader, 1220 KDOW. Welcome in. Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. Try not to panic. Yet again, we're going to be talking about Beyond Meat. Please, please, walk slowly to the exits. Unbelievable. Wow. This is a good year for IPOs. This is, I could do a best of off this topic. Almost every IPO in 2019 has gone up, except for the two that were supposed to go up the most, Uber and Lyft. Who would have thought that faux meat was so sexy? But it is. Beyond Meat shares are continuing. And by the way, I could say Zoom, it's a video conferencing company, has done great. CrowdStrike, which you'll hear commercials um, all over the internet. Uh, uh, media, satellite radio. You're like, I'm the CEO of CrowdStrike and the old web browsers and antivirus software don't work. You're darn tootin'. And you're like, isn't that kind of like a, a blanket? Excuse me for saying this, but isn't that kind of like a blanket uh, a heavy blitz promotion? It kind of is, and it's kind of working, I guess. Uh, whether it be Chewy, Stock up 80% after its IPO, like in the first week. Oh, man, I love Chewbacca. I'm a sucker for all things Chewbacca. Have you seen the video, the viral video on in the Internet of this little dog sounds just like Chewbacca? I'm all in. <laughs> I'm all in. I can't get myself enough Chewbacca sound effects. If only, if only, only we can get a... Uh, a dog that sounds like Mr. T, then life is going to be good. But that's not a hint there. What are you talking about? So beyond... <laughs> Thank you, T. Uh, beyond Meat shares are continuing their upward momentum. Turns out that there might be a shortage of the Impossible Burger. Now, again, there's a lot of things there. First and foremost, that there's enough demand that there's going to be shortages. Second, maybe their competition can't manufacture as quickly as they can. 
third, uh, it's getting pretty accepted that you can put this in your body. Now, if you read the chemicals list on it, you're probably going to freak out. If you read the sodium content, you're probably going to stress. But that's another story for another day, shall we say. So beyond meat rising yet again, uh, 550% just the run from its IPO. Um, Beyond Meat shares up 6% in trading. They said restaurants such as Red Robin and White Castle had experienced impossible burger shortages. Impossible Foods, a privately held company, is a major competitor to Beyond Meat. Now, that's going to be an IPO that's going to be people are going to freak out when Impossible Foods comes out, right? Don't forget, there's more than just two of these small players. Tyson Foods and Nestle have recently jumped into the plant-based meat alternatives hoping to capture some of the $140 billion it could be worth in sales in the next decade. Whoa. So you get partnerships, you get restaurants. You know, um, the Impossible Whopper is clearly tied towards the Impossible Burger Company. And it's tied towards Burger King. But yeah, Beyond Meat doing it yet again. Elsewhere out there, um, Trump perfectly happy to slap further tariffs on China if no deal is reached. I say this as an analyst, not as a politician or a political point of view, but he seems to be off his rockers when it comes to um, he thinks he's smarter than he is. He had just the United States. He just had a mess of an interview with George Stephanopoulos over the weekend. Disney and ABC have, have just got to be like, woo, did, you, did he say that on tape? Or basically he said, I, during my six-year presidency, and I was like, are you trying to say eight or are you trying to say four? Because you don't typically say six. Um, but on top of that, he goes on further and says that maybe he'll just pass a law that puts him as president for life. And George Stephanopoulos is just like, did you just say that? Like, you know that's against the law, right? Houston maybe it is, maybe it isn't. It's just insane, but that's one of the problems I have right now with market. One of the worst things if you ever studied like history of wars, it's typically because two countries get backed into a situation that they didn't think was going to be triggered. It could be in Austria, Hungary, it could be Russia and Germany in World War One, and a Kaiser from a company country no one really cared about, you know gets assassinated and you know they both look to their bigger countries hey come bail me out here or you come slap these guys around and the next thing you know we're in a war I feel like Trump and President Xi of China have kind of been backed into corners and uh, both don't look exactly ready to compromise a lot of talk these days about is YouTube too big to fix and that's coming from the Google CEO who runs YouTube. That's not coming from some social commentator. CEO said that YouTube probably won't ever be able to filter out 100% of harmful content on its site. And uh, I know, you know, it's, it is kind of surreal. Over the weekend, I saw one of those news stories come up. A woman arrested in Florida for stomping on turtle eggs. I'm like, I don't even want to open that link just in case there is a video. Ah. Like, and yet somebody probably has it on YouTube, right? Um, 
and there's no stopping it. Whether it's you know people who deny that Sandy Hook ever happened to white supremacist content, um, YouTube's trying to filter it out, and it's 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 a big thing. YouTube's huge. How many hours of video are updated every second? Um, I don't even know how to keep up with it. To be quite honest with you, I've I update upload video and. It makes no sense to me that they're willing to store it for me for free, but they do. Um, and every now and then I'm able to say, hey, uh, look at this. I'm on TV. And to prove it, because I'm not on TV right at the second, I could say, go to the YouTube channel, Rob Black Show. Like, Got it. Got it. So I know you're saying Fancy. So Google's CEO saying YouTube probably too big to fix. And then Goldman Sachs is out there saying, uh, alarm, 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 to their clients that tech stocks are overvalued. Interesting. Now, when you hear tech stocks, which ones are you thinking? Or which ones are they thinking? That's where it becomes kind of, you have to actually pay to get that research. Otherwise, you're not getting enough information. And I can highlight it for you, but I'm not going to read a 10-page report on the air without putting you straight to sleep. But Goldman Sachs is saying the high-growth tech stocks are a little overdone. Yet, they still want to bet on growth stocks that are out there, including Lululemon Atletica and AMD, with strong growth and high margins. But tech stocks have been investors' darlings for years, and the appetite for superior growth shows no sign of slowing. Um, Goldman saying the valuations are a little bit too high. Worthy of note, the tech sector, if you just break it out of the S&P 500, of all the various sectors, uh, has a valuation premium two standard deviations above its 10-year average. So we're paying a premium for tech tech stocks. Microsoft's up 30% this year. That's probably one in the report, right? There's a way to look at tech stocks. You're looking for positive sales growth in each of the last three years of 10%. You're looking for consensus 10% sales growth. You're looking for low regulatory risk to stay out of the way. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. Making financial sense of your portfolio. Now, back to Rob Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. Kind of a lot going on in the month of June, considering June's not typically the hot and sexy month of things going on. It's the summertime. You get the June gloom. Um, and yet, kind of a lot's going on. A lot of loose ends out there. What will the Fed say this week? What did the Fox say? Hmm? What will come of the G20 meeting? And a purported meeting between President Trump and President Xi? How will congressional leaders in the White House work out budget talks and avoid injecting unnecessary debt ceiling drama? So much to look at. Will incoming data point to slowing economic activity? A lot of small businesses are, are kind of leaning towards not hiring people right now because they're kind of thinking that there's going to be a recession in 2020. 
Central bank meetings will be a focal point for sure through the financial media. Then you get a little bit of, um, how shall we say, uh, action, pin action, um, mergers and acquisitions. Pfizer is acquiring Array Biopharma for approximately $11.4 billion. Decretive this year, accretive in the future. Big uh, colon cancer drug in the pipeline that a lot of people are talking about. That when you develop a drug that has no competition, you can basically charge anything that you want. Because a doctor is going to say, we want to use this product on this patient. And insurance companies aren't going to turn down cancer. I'm not a big fan of media using people with cancer as a, how shall we say, a violin piece, you know, a tearjerker. So I'm not going to say anything about cancer. Um, not a lot of complimentary action, not a lot of complimentary stories out there right now. Um, and it is kind of the summertime. Target had a crazy outage. They lost, uh, the ability to process credit cards over the weekend. I think twice at least. No two hour long outage that affected all target stores. It was caused by an error made during regular system maintenance. I can imagine the scene of a technician figuring out that, oh no, we can't take orders for that. To, uh, uh, what? What did you say? <laughs> and, uh, I can imagine that was a mess. As my friend Donald would say, it's a mash. So Target's got a new technology system. You might remember a couple of years ago they got hacked. And this isn't good. You want to be able to feel that you can go spend an hour dilly-dallying, dilly-dilly around Target, picking up stuff, put in your cart. Dilly-dilly. You dilly-dilly. You get to the front of the checkout and they're like, uh, do you have cash? You're like, I'm leaving. And you just walk away and your cart stays there. So Target was unable to process select credit cards for about 90 minutes. It's resolved and functioning normally. But that's drama. That's one of the ones that I wouldn't want to be on the wrong side of, so to speak. Thank you. That's a little bit too dramatic. So, err. What do you have to say about that? So stocks slip a little bit. Uh, busy week for central banks around the world. In a story that's a story that I don't know quite why it's a story. But Dunkin' Brands launched delivery with Grubhub. I know you're saying, Dunkin', aren't those the guys that make that yummy, delicious donut? Mm. Which I just... Donuts. Sat in the hot tub this weekend, kind of loosened the muscles a little bit. Kind of nice. Looked at a squirrel, looked at a bird. And then uh, I think about you know donuts, and basically it's batter in a jacuzzi of grease. So I think the jacuzzi metaphor works well here. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Eating donuts in a hot tub, not sexy. I know that much. But Grubhub's rolling out a nas- nationwide delivery program. And I'm like, do we need this for a donut chain? I guess you're going to throw in some coffee too, right? But 
people don't like going out to restaurants anymore. And I, I guess with the peer-to-peer, you don't want to get an Uber or a Lyft and say, hey, can you wait for me while I go grab some donuts and coffee? A serious push with delivery. They've been playing with uh, testing in New York, Boston, Philadelphia. You get the idea. But um, I don't know. Dunkin' last year kind of... When I think of Dunkin' Donuts, I think... And this is just a horrible thought, but I think you think it too. Fat cops sitting in a Dunkin' store eating donuts. And I know you're saying, that's not very nice, Robert. And it's not, but I'm trying to say that's the image. You're, you don't think... Last year they introduced snazzier, better coffee. And now they're willing to come to your door for $5. Um... There's not a lot of money to be made in that, and I don't know how much demand there is. Obviously, more than less. Grubhub, for all it's done, they've done a very, very nice job of making relationships with yum brands so you can get a bucket of chicken delivered with your donuts. You don't want a bucket of chicken? Oh, well, then maybe you'll get a a tasty gordita uh, from Taco Bell. Uber Eats is available at 9000 different McDonald's 14,000 plus locations um, Starbucks is smack in the middle of doing a delivery service with Uber Eats and they want to hit 3,500 locations by the end of the year so Uber Eats and Grubhub uh, kind of owning it so one of these days I'm going to get off my lazy hiney and take a look at Grubhub stock and see how this is all affected them you know there's always so much time you have to research so many stocks. And there's some names that you know just you fall in love with, like Salesforce.com. Or, uh, you're like, how is that Stitch Fix doing? Because I know that's one of the youngest billionaire females uh, under 30 in the United States. And there's kind of a dramatic story there. But when you pull up a chart at Grubhub, it's not a slouch. Um, roughly going from 34 to 72 in the last three years, four years. At one point in time, it was much higher at 144. So 144 down to 72 has created a 50% retracement pullback off of a pretty good run. Uh, 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Anything that you want to talk about, we can talk about. Money, investing, and more. Don't be shy. The big stories of the day is that there's a lot of economic activity tied towards central banks the Bank of England, the Bank of Europe, uh, the Federal Reserve, Japan, and uh, what they will and won't do. Piper Jaffray, by the way, uh, this week said that they expect Netflix to post solid results. Uh, and they have a $440 target on Netflix. How much is Netflix today? 248 And they have a $440 target on it. Holy shnikes! I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial money, investing, and more. Find me online at Rob Black Show, Twitter Rob Black Show, YouTube Rob Black Show. So I keep on damning the devil, and you'll keep on saying it's all Comments and questions are always welcome. Visit Rob Black online at robblack.com. Now, back to Rob Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW. 
there's stories out there about breakfast burritos containing rocks, ragu pizza sauces or spaghetti sauces containing plastics, big recalls happening. Typically, that kind of thing on Wall Street is easy to look overlook because there's insurance involved. But I'm just throwing it out there for you. Um, talking about some of the bigger things that I did this weekend. Barron's, I think, is an amazing publication. And it's financial rag, financial media, financial newspaper, whatever you want to call it, right? And uh, it comes free with the Wall Street Journal online, or it used to. Someone told me that's no longer true. I like Barron's enormously. Um, and I like actually picking up a paper copy. I know you're saying, that's old school. But they took different people from around the world and had them talk about, from around the financial, had them talk about stocks and various stocks. So they, they did a nice job of kind of mishmashing an article together. The media issue of fake beef and the growing competition to provide it in Amazon Grubhub and the turf war over the meatball hero. Where's the beef? Like, <laughs> so, if you don't want to go out and get the fake burger, you can have it brought to your house. Grubhub gets a boost. Amazon has exited the restaurant delivery business, which means more for Grubhub. Eric Savitz, a writer, took a look at the next big IPO, which is Slack. I haven't used Slack. I know people who have a lot of business apps. Um... Again, at one point in time, Microsoft owned the business apps. But there were software programs that you had to buy the hard copy of, and then you loaded it on your machine. So that's out there. Software versus hardware, you could always look at as software. You come up with a program, and you can repeat it a bazillion times on CDs or whatever distribution method you want. When it went to the web, it really changed the model. If you can go download it yourself, if you have an internet connection, and you're seeing companies like GameStop just really, really struggle with people don't want to buy physical media anymore. I don't. Don't you have a fear that when you buy your kid the new $65, $70 Madden NFL game that uh, he scratches the disc? A lot of people have that fear. That's terrible. So, I know, and for an extra $3.99 or whatever... Game, companies like GameStop will buy you, give you a thing. If you bring in a scratch disc, we'll give you another copy. Sweet. Um, United Technologies and the big merger with Raytheon was brought up more than once. Um, it's not great for shareholders. Both stocks were cheap for the long term, and but they looked at each other and said, "Hey, what are you doing?" Another one was like, "Hey, what are you looking at?" And they started making out, and they said, "Let's get married." So big merger there. Big industrial companies that do things like Otis elevators and make machines of death. Um, big barriers to entry there. Weak generic prices for uh, drugs. You got a lot of opioid liability. You got government regulation. And suddenly you, have, you look at the drug distributors and you go, this is a little bit of a problem. McKesson is a big drug distributor, MCK, Cardinal Health, CAH, and Amerisource Bergen, ABC. I will say that I, I don't feel like I'm very in touch 
with the opioid crisis in America. I have a friend that had his stomach uh, stapled, rubber banded, one of the two. And he got on opioids shortly thereafter, and he's dead. Don't know the exact cause of death. Uh, family didn't release it. But you have to imagine that uh, that doesn't make you feel great when you see those two linked together. Wilbur Ross? Wilbur? Wasn't he a talking horse at one point in time? Not Wilbur Ross, but the name Wilbur. He played down the likelihood of a major deal between China and the U.S. Man, it's coming down to the wire here. Thank you, Honorable One. One of my big favorite movies of all time because it was so bad it was good. It was Big Trouble in Little China. We really shook the pillars of heaven, didn't we, Wang? I know, you're saying it wasn't that good of a bad movie, but it was that bad of a movie. It was pretty good. So there's a Starbucks of Japan, of China. And one of the things you always fear if you're an investor is China saying no, we're changing our mind. The Tiananmen Square thing started off as food shortages, and it turned into something much bigger. Now, China has done a very huge job of upgrading their economy in the last 30 years. They spent a lot of government money on it. They made it a mandate. Uh, they've opened up somewhat to outside foreign entities coming in and doing business. But you fear at any point in time they can go, Starbucks, get out of our country. KFC, get out of our country. Uh, and they can, they can do that. The ramifications would be we could do it back. But we'll see. Luckin Coffee. Uh, Chinese coffee chain. It went public in the U.S. on May 17. There's two sovereign wealth funds. An American financial giant recently said they're large stakeholders. So it's attracted uh, big do-re-mi, so to speak. Should you invest in Luckin Coffee as kind of a hedge against Starbucks? If Say you like Starbucks, but they've got exposure to China. And if the country says, get out of our country, close the door, should you have Luckin as kind of like that go-to backup. He forgot his latte. Thank you very much. Thank you. And clearly Luckin, being a Chinese company, probably has a better understanding of the Chinese consumer than, say, a Starbucks. Not knocking Starbucks in any way, shape, or form, just saying. I think that's out there. Um, now, let's go back to the IPOs, because I'm dancing around a little bit right now. And I'm like the worst dancer. I'm the guy who bobs his head up and down. Maybe swivels my neck a little bit on my shoulders, but that's about it. What my hands are doing doesn't match what my head's doing. Um, let's go back to IPOs for a second. A lot of people in the late 90s got really excited about IPOs. It was one of the toughest times for me to be, quote-unquote, an investment advisor. In large part because whatever I said, there was always something else you could find that did better. You know, if I missed the Beyond Meat train, people would go, well, you missed the Beyond Meat train. I don't need to hire you. I was late 90s. And there was a lot of companies that came public. A lot. Um, kind of flooded the market. 
Now, if you remember last week, we talked a little bit about Mary Meeker and her Internet Trends Report that comes out each and every year. And she said one of the things that was in her presentation was that 50% of the world is already online and the numbers are slowing. The global growth in Internet users was up just 6% last year. I get the feeling now if you were to travel in the deserts of Nairobi. I'm not even sure if Nairobi has a desert, but I'm pretty sure you're going to see people walking around with cell phones or something. So the newbies of the moment, the IPOs of the moment, the companies like PagerDuty, Zoom Video, uh, Uber, Lyft, will they be the companies that we look back on in 10 years and go, wow, they really turned into a company like Facebook or Alphabet or Amazon or Apple? And what you don't really remember about the late 1990s is that a lot of companies came public and a lot of companies went bankrupt. Now, you could say that we've probably learned a lot by that. Fiverr's IPO. Um, it's probably not going to be the globe.com, which was a dot bomb that had a 600 plus first day pop. Globe.com was a company that would give you a free website or something like that. Chewy, an online pet retailer, you could you know directly take a look at PetSmart and say, well, they're they own most of Chewy, and you can go, well, PetSmart's not exactly tearing it up, but Chewy's got a mascot called Mr. Chewy, and that's a little bit reminiscent of Pets.com and the legendary po- sock puppet. You may not remember the Pets.com sock pu- sock puppet for some reason, saying sock puppet. Not the easiest thing in the world. Um, Chewy's losing money. Pets.com lost a lot of money before they finally go to zero. Some of these IPOs will go to zero. And there's a lot of companies that are called unicorns that are coming public now. Companies like Airbnb, WeWork, SpaceX, Palantir, SoFi. Oh, for the record, it looks like um, I'm not going to say Mr. Crazy because I don't want to quite say that. Um, it looks like Tesla CEO is saying Elon Musk is saying that he's done with Twitter. He deleted his account. And is the world a better place for that? Kind of feels like it. Um, so Elon Musk deletes tweet attacking Tesla co-founder Martin Eberhard. And then the next day, he's like, I'm quitting Twitter. The billionaire CEO had quite the weekend on Twitter. Um, interesting. So, to take a shot at your co-founder. A lot of people don't know the co-founder's name. Martin Eberhard. Um, the tweet was something along the lines of, Tesla's live in spite of Eberhard, but he seeks credit constantly, and fools give it to him. <sighs> Why? Why, Twitter, why? Why are people abusing your service? I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial. You can find me online at Rob Black Show. Seminar coming up. Learn more at Rob Black Show. Use the code RADIO25 to get in for free. Visit Rob Black online at robblack.com. Now, back to Rob Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW. 
I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. Elon Musk. Just looking at some more things that he did over the weekend. He's got... There's... there's I can't invest with that. And I, it, it could be the most beautiful car. It's not. It could be the best made. It's not. It could have potentially the best future. It could. And I won't do it. He posted fan artwork of a character named 2B from the video game Near Automata. Or something close to that. Tweet simply had the character's name and nothing else. The fan artwork wasn't credited to anyone in particular. And people started calling out Musk for not crediting the artist. He then deletes the tweet. And he gets into kind of a, a battle with people where he starts by saying people should always get credit for every, always credit everyone that they steal from or post from. Followed by no one should be credited with anything ever. And you just go like, I know one or two people that did, and I, I'm not bashing marijuana. I know one or two people that smoked a lot of marijuana, too much marijuana maybe. And they ended up going down to this kind of crazy rabbit hole of like the whole world's against them. And, you know, someone's, uh, my brother's trying to steal my mom and put her in uh, an old folks home and. Uh, Florida and like you know she doesn't want to go and I, I don't know how to contact her and you're like that sounds a bit crazy and uh, you know the artist that he was stealing from or, or not stealing from I don't even know Mele Magali um, got a lot of support on Twitter and it just it shows you that like, there's Twitter battles I like seeing robots battle that's cool Twitter battles not so much um, so he goes on to say, I'm going to delete my Twitter account. And then he did not actually delete his Twitter account. That's, I, I don't know what to say. Like, can you invest in that? Because I can't, but I, I understand people like will overlook it and say, oh, well, that's Elon being Elon. And some people will want to use, you know, a, a curse word, an expletive. And, you know, oh, curse word musk why are you doing this like focus on your company i'm crazy but i'm not crazy like that you know what i mean he gets into fights with jeff bezos about who's got a better space program him or billionaire or billionaire billionaire a or billionaire b apple's a little higher today amazon's a little higher today alphabet's a little higher today microsoft's a little bit higher today positive disposition a lot of people are looking for the fed this week to say something along the lines of we're going to cut interest rates or to actually maybe cut interest rates, but the expectation is if the data continues to weaken and there's no pickup in inflation, then July would be the time frame. I don't like doing other people's jobs for them, so I'll, I'll just say I don't know. Hmm. U.S. Supreme Court upheld a Virginia ban on uranium mining. There's four uranium companies, and every now and then I'll get a email from someone going, you know, we can't keep on this path with coal and oil. It's just polluting our country too much and the world and the polar bears. First and foremost, I never met a polar bear I liked. But that's a side story. Um, there's a company called Kamiko. Uh, here's the ticker symbols if you want to be that person who's going that way. CCJ. U-U-U-U. U-E-C-U-R-A. If you didn't catch that, go get the podcast. Don't ask me to like be your secretary and transcribe stuff for you. Um, I do a lot of things. I don't do transcribing. 
But Supreme Court in the state of Virginia, like sometimes you do have to pay attention to the headlines out there. Um, and the companies like Pacific Gas and Electric, if they were to announce nuclear plans, would it ever catch? I'm not going to say fire. I don't want to say fire. Whatever catch wind. Oh, don't say wind. Don't say wind. Too soon. Too soon for uh, that. But uh, it's kind of interesting. Sometimes you do have to pay attention to lawsuits, uh, per se, as far as where we go with our investments or what themes could open up. It makes sense, right? So a big old legal brief. Virginia Uranium's case hinges on a very different construction or subsection, K. The company suggests that, properly read, the provision greatly expands the preemptive effect of the AEA and demands on displacement of any state law. Like, if you were to read this very long uh, filing, 44 pages, you'd be like, I wonder if I can invest off this. Some people do. You'll find your way. You'll find what works for you. I promise you. Um, but that's not the way I'm going to do it. June Empire State Manufacturing was down. It's not out. It's still growing, but at a much weaker level. That supports a Fed cut. The NHB housing market that came out in June was a good number. So can't knock that. The Italian government has reportedly been given a week to respond to the EU Commission's request for details about the country's budget. Wow, those Italians. Whew. 20 years ago, I used to say things like, oh, Germany's economy, thousands of years old. Italy's economy, thousands. France's economy, thousands of years old. So they're established. They're, their banks are established. And anything uh, is further from the truth. Prime Minister Giuseppe Conte is expected to request a review of the rules that calls for keeping the budget below 3%. So the EU got together and they said, hey, we'll work together, but you can't run up crazy debts on us. Italy, we said this like a few years ago, they're going to fail just like Greece failed. It's just a matter of when, not if. They can't spark their economy enough. They send their entrepreneurs over here to the United States to, to learn how to do it. There's not enough market there. So be cautious on uh, Europe. Understand that they'll figure it out for sure, but be cautious. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial, money investing, and more. Find me online at Rob Black Show, Twitter Rob Black Show, YouTube Rob Black Show. General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn. Flynn. 
deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.